It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, Sir guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. Hey, I'm James. (laughs) I don't like this game. (laughs) I'm Dennis. (laughs) The opinions are around we don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on God as the Director in this episode 138 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Woohoo! Uh, why, why are you upset, Dennis? Just because James is beating you out here? Yeah, because like all these years, I was the first one to like get on, and now it's become like a thing <laughs> where like we try to get on first, and James has been winning like for what like the, at least the past month or more, and <laughs> and, and I and I'm a little bitter about it. Well, because originally the way it sets up, you have to you know create i guess the broadcast and then i send you guys an invite to get into the broadcast and usually i would send james it first and then i would wait like a minute because i knew he was probably wrapping up whether it was the morning zoom that he did the last couple years and he still does or whatever and then i will send it to dennis and still james is still wrapping stuff up and dennis and i talked for a minute or two and now it's got to the point where I even gave Dennis a 15 second head start and James is still in. So, and I, and I sit there at like five minutes till staring at the phone, waiting for the text to come in and click it immediately. And I'm still not the first one in. Poor little guy. I know. And then now you started stealing my uh, introduction name like first or whatever where it was me or mike me and and then james and now now james is buttoning in and going second so i'm just losing everything here oh change is inevitable you might get a job soon what that come on hell's still hot Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even know anybody said that people (laughs) i think i just made that up yeah that's a first for me hell's still hot we actually don't know, right? Nobody actually knows what hell looks like. Does anybody like actually it. know? I don't, I don't know. I don't personally know anyone that's been there and been back. Well, actually, we've all been to hell, right? Well, uh, look at you. Yep. That's right, Dennis. We've been, we've been there. We've been there a time or two. Well, Dennis, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt since you, you lost the uh, first competition. You can go first as far as filling everybody in on the the busy week that you've had what you've accomplished what you're proud of i'm special um this week what did i do this week you know i went to some meetings i've been working on you know mine and james's art stuff and the website i don't know if i mentioned it last week i think i was working on it then too but like I've showed the website to a few people and like 
every all of our friends like Jared and Adam and and people and everyone's impressed by it. So I'm like feeling really good about the the work I've done without knowing anything about that particular skill set. So that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, that's about it. I, I watched the finale of Moon Knight tonight. Oh, Red no. Star. Don't give it away. I'm not. I'm just going to say I, I, that's a great show. It's just a great show. Yeah. And other than that, that's, that's about it. Working on the art stuff. Meetings. Hanging out with... I'm hanging out with a lot with Dr. Ray, which if you've listened to many podcasts before, Dr. Ray is the 80-year-old Filipino doctor that is a good friend of mine that every morning for like until the pandemic hit, I would have hang out with and have breakfast with or whatever. And then because of the pandemic and everything else, that hasn't happened a lot. And now it's, now it's become more of a regular thing where it's almost every morning again. So that's really cool. Normal starting to come back. But what has James done this past week? <clears throat> Let me see. I went to church on Sunday. That was nice. And I watched a bunch of people 12 get baptized. And then afterwards, the wife and I went to Epcot and we rode the new Guardians ride. And they let us ride it twice in a row. We could have kept riding all day if we wanted to. But after the second time, Talitha was like, okay, that's enough for me. And for like an hour, she was kind of out of it. Like, that ride is pretty intense. And two it's, in a row. it's long. Is that true? It's the, like the longest roller coaster that they have as far as time wise. I think so. It's yeah, it's pretty long. It's It feels like you're flying through space. It's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Uh, the first time I got kind of nauseous. Second time, I just loved it. And then the third time, right after the first time, I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe not twice in a row, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. And then the next day, we woke up and I made um, breakfast plans. We went to the Disney's Polynesian. We ate breakfast at Ohana's. And then... Um, I couldn't get reservations for the Magic Kingdom because we want to take the mo the monorail to the Magic Kingdom. And she's like, let me do this for you, husband. And she did it, and she got it on her first try. And wow. I, it was like a little miracle. And so we went to – we rode the monorail to the Magic Kingdom, and we, we walked around. I took her to the island, Tom Sawyer's Island. She'd never been there, so we, we played hide-and-seek in the cave. And she said, just don't scare me. And then I scared her, and she got mad. Did you did you find Huckleberry Finn? No, but I saw where he was painting a fence. Yeah, no, it's Tom Sawyer painting the fence. Whatever, Dennis. But uh, but rumor has it they have somebody dressed up, or maybe it's the real Huckleberry Finn that's <laughs> actually hiding there. And if you go up and tickle him, he'll give you a bag of gold chocolate coins. Uh, well, I don't believe that. <laughs> I've heard that same rumor, but sometimes yeah. you tickle him, he'll fart. You know, you know what they, they well, that's where the, that's where the coins come out of. He goes, "Oops, look what happened," and then he hands you the coins. You know what they actually used to do? I don't know if they still do it, but Hi. every day, 
<laughs> Every day they would hide a paintbrush. Oh, paintbrush on the island. And if you actually found the paintbrush or something and brought it to someone, they would like. I don't know what you would get, but it was like the a gold chocolate ongoing coins. Thing. Gold chocolate coins. Maybe, maybe. You know what? Maybe I just misunderstood the story. Maybe I was right all along. Could be. Maybe that's. I just got it confused because it's essentially what you said and what I said are the same thing. Yeah, except for the person and the well, the gold chocolate coins and and the farting and the farting. Well, I think they're all that it would it would really amp it up. I'll tell you, you know, that's what Disney needs. They need more amp, more farting. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. Sounds like a yeah, sounds like a solid time, James. Have they have they announced as far as Disney goes? Have they announced when? All the crap in the middle of Epcot is going to be cleaned up. Uh, I have no idea. Because I'm tired of that, if I'm being honest. If I can just be on my soapbox for a minute, that park is very unenjoyable when you have to walk through those ugly walls the past two and a half years. Yeah, but it's going to be so worth it when they're done because that park needed an upgrade for many years. Well, it seems like it's taking forever. It seems... It's the biggest renovation of a park they've ever done. Well, they got to get it done quicker. Okay, I'll I'll let them know. Yeah, just pass it, just pass it along. So, well, that's sweet. And I am a couple days away from proposing. Friends of mine are like, "Oh my god, are you nervous?" And it's like, "Yeah, you propose once, you propose a thousand times." <laughs> you know, <laughs> is that it's, truly how you feel about it? Uh yeah, I mean, there's I I personally think maybe the first time it's like nerve wracking just because you're doing it. But regardless, if anything you propose, if you go into it nervous outside of like if you're proposing that you want to raise at a job and you might have some nerves because the boss might shut you down and whatever. For the most part, a proposal like this should be as easy as if I proposed to you guys, hey, do you want to see the new Nicolas Cage movie? Knowing that you guys want to see that. It's not like I'm saying, hey, do you guys want to go see the movie Bad Guys? (laughs) (laughs) You know, which actually happened and I got shut down. You just have to, with a proposal like this, you have to make sure that if you feel like you know the answer is going to be yes, you, you do it. If not, you probably hold off. Or don't do it at all. You know? That's what Makes I sense. think. What do you think, James? Were you nervous when you proposed? Um, no, not really. I was just I just knew it was the right time. And I was more excited. I didn't really wait until it was a proper time. Honestly, I put the we were both kind of like we're kind of finding our higher power and I put the ring in a Bible and I told her to open the Bible and she opened it and there was a little ring. Oh, that's nice. What's that? Did you get on your knee? Mm, I don't think so. That's really all there is to it. And then, um, then we end up pawning that ring because we were, <laughs> we were still drinking. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> And then, um, and then later on, um, my mom gave me a family heirloom, which is probably oh, something I could not have afforded. 
And so she's got a, a nice multi-diamond ring. Thanks, thanks, mom. And um, free of charge. <laughs> but it's nice. even sweeter because it's a family heirloom. Yeah, so it's going to hand it down. <laughs> yeah, and so that's true. So we got married um, in March 12th, 2017. And if you remember... We got sober in June second, two thousand seventeen. So we got married, and then we got our lives kind of in order a little bit afterwards. Which, which honestly is a lot of people's, uh, a lot of people's paths. You know, yeah. it's like, well, it's, I, I feel like it's good that each of us have our own story with it. You know, because, and I, uh, I personally like telling people that that ask and they're like oh you're divorced they're like oh you got divorced and then you get sober and it's like no no i i got married i got sober then i had a child then i got divorced and it's like i had all these things and it's like look at all the promises coming true and it's like i i wouldn't have realized two years ago or almost two years ago that um you know I would see getting divorced as a promise, but I do think the the connection that I had uh, with my ex-wife and spiritual connection too. I was, I really, I wasn't able to have a conversation about uh, anything. And now I can, I can use terms. I can say, Oh dad. And uh, Becky understands uh, a lot of that stuff, you know, and is able to kind of uh, appreciate who I am today. I also feel like I don't have to then continuously apologize for stuff in the past, um, which I think was always a, like a heavy, heavy thing, you know, because if there's ever a situation that I would do anything in the past, uh, like any character defects should be like, well, you didn't change as far as that goes. And it's like, yeah, no S you know, like we, we work on, trying to become better but it doesn't happen overnight and some things some things never uh you know fully improve to a hundred percent you know we're not perfect right we're not saints so uh yeah so look forward to that this weekend gonna go to savannah on friday and uh and do that uh saturday and should be good mother's day is sunday yay yay you, uh, Thanks for you got, reminding me. You guys doing anything for Mother's Day? You going to pick up the phone and, and call the ladies? Yeah, I'm also working, so that should be fun. Yeah, I'll probably get her some flowers or something. You should you should pick pick the flowers. Don't buy them. Steal them. Where would I find flowers to pick? I was I was sitting outside my job yesterday, and somebody went in because they won tickets to a concert and they came out and they picked at least a dozen flowers from a bush that we had outside and then gave them to somebody in the back seat and i said now that is being very very cheap <laughs> that's sweet though i mean is it sweet flowers from your fish but yeah it's stealing it's wrong i i was saying it as a joke. It, it came from a loving place though no, no, I don't think it came from a loving place. Stealing something came from a loving place. Yeah, I gave somebody, the flowers to someone else. Somebody bought that tree 
to grow into a flower bush. And then they took it and they dismantled it. Right? What, what's the saying? If you, if, you, if you love the flower, don't pick it. That's no. You're making up two sayings that, that hotter than hell or whatever the heck you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get into the topic. I think we've joked around enough. So now we can be all serious for a second. Uh, I sent you guys some questions. I'll read the excerpt from uh, the big book. This is something um, James, uh, Dennis and I were texting back and forth and trying to find something that we could all relate to. And I said, well, what's going on with your life, uh, James? And we kind of tossed stuff back and forth and uh, God is the director came from that. Did you want to share um, how you come upon that, James? Yeah, well, I can just speak from personal experiences in the past five years since I've, you know, really started growing along spiritual lines. I figure, you know, before I got sober, there was there's no growing spiritually. I was just uh, me, me, me. La la la. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was, um, you know, God was just cut off, and um, once I I realized, you know, that He was there all along, and I started growing. And putting God as my director, meaning um, there's kind of a pecking order that is always present in my mind. I don't always go by it, but it's God first, my wife second, you know, other people third, and myself fourth. My children are in there uh, with the wife, right under the wife, actually. So, so you got God, wife, children, and then everyone else then Dennis and then everyone else and then myself so but um you know lately I don't know my I don't know about you guys but my my mind tends to wander a lot and you know everything can be going good and then one little thing will throw a wrench in in my plans that's like air quotes here my plans and then I get all rattled um it tends to happen with scheduling. You guys know that I have two jobs, so if something doesn't go my way or they schedule me something I don't like, I'm just kind of like, man, it's not fair. Why are they doing this to me? Or if I, um, you know, I, I see that Facebook's horrible because I think about, like, I'll, I'll be scrolling on Facebook and I see uh, some people who, oh, they got a, a good location at disney they must be making more than me it's not fair that i'm at this disney location where i you know my mind just goes off and on and and i was just like i have to like realize that how good i really do have it um where i'm at that i got a job at the most magical place on earth and with seniority you kind of have to you do your time. Um, so scheduling and that really throws a wrench in my game. But I, but my tools today are really being grateful for where I'm at 
and enjoying the moment. And as far as God being the director, um, when I pray in the morning and I, I think about, you know, what would God have me do? Um, I know the right, right from wrong. And he would just want me to be happy wherever I am. And as challenges come up, he would want me to come right to him and accept those challenges as a way of getting closer to him. And um, it's not easy to, you know, put God first because my mind for years and years has been myself running the show. And look where that got me. Got me into AA and it got me really messed up in life or as society would call life. And um, I must say that I, I do have a lot of peace today. Um, I think you guys can attest to that, that, you know, I can be just fine doing nothing and taking naps and relaxing, not lazy, but just being at peace. And, and it's okay today. Um, I don't know. That's all I got right now. Thanks, James. Uh, let me read the excerpt. Dennis, did you want to go next with a share? Okay. You okay. want to read that first? Yeah, yeah just okay. think about it for a sec. Okay. Uh, so next we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He's the principal. We're his agents. He is the father. We're his children. Most good ideas are simple. This concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. Go, Dennis. Amen. <laughs> do, uh, I, do, do you ever feel like saying amen at the end of it is just like a like a period to whatever? If there's anything like spiritual or religious, I, I, it's an affirmation. It really means like let it be. So or mote, mote it be. So it just means like. Is that it? I didn't know. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. So it, it's like an affirmation. Like I have stated this. I've asked, given it to God, asked God for whatever. And now it will become because of the power of God, you know? So let it be. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. Um, you're welcome. Um, but I really like that passage because like in like during the when i was doing the third step my sponsor gave me the assignment of taking where they talk about like step three and that part is included and it's like what like two pages or a page and a half or something and he had me write it out by hand and change all the we and use and all that kind of stuff to first person so i would say like i am the root of my problems and you know i am this i am that and it really personalizes it to you while you're like sitting there writing it so like i like that i also give that assignment to every sponsee that i have whenever i do it and then we read that last little part out loud together like we get on our knees and we read that part out and then do the third step prayer. And that's how we end the third stepping and go on to the fourth step. 
So it's really cool. But for me, I think, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I have to constantly remind myself is that, you know, I'm not in control of the world, of other people, of even my own life to a certain extent. That there is a power greater than myself that is pulling the mechanisms behind the curtain kind of thing. Um, you know, I think really with like my anxiety issues and stuff, I had constantly, like that's one of the things that I would constantly remind myself where like I am where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, there is a loving God that is taking care of me. I don't have to worry about this or that or whatever. And, uh, you know, it, it is really kind of something I, I grasped onto and held on like a life preserver kind of thing. Um, but I think it's, it's, I think it's really important because like as alcoholics or like me as an alcoholic and a drug addict, I would want to control people. You know, I would flip out when someone didn't act the way that I wanted them to act or, you know, had an opinion that I didn't agree with or whatever. And I have to really like remind myself that like we like, I don't have control. I can't like force people to act in a way that I expect them to act. I can't expect the world to like rotate it the way that I want it to rotate. You know, I can't expect any of this stuff. And, you know, I think before, like, having, like, no control at all, in a way, felt, like, scary. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't stop that random person from walking on the street to just randomly, like, stab me in the gut or something. You know, like, that's an extreme example. But it's like, this idea of powerlessness, you know, powerlessness over everything in life is somewhat scary. And, you know, like now that I have like a higher power and I, I believe in a God that is taking care of me ultimately, you know, that like, it's not as scary anymore. You know, I'm not relying on my power. I'm not relying on my own brains or muscle or intuition or anything like that. I'm just, I'm relying on God. I'm letting him take the wheel, letting him direct it. And it's a lot less scary, you know, if it, I don't know if any of that makes sense, but yeah. I feel like I'm rambling. Nah, that that's kind of how I felt too. I, it's weird. I don't know because I, we're so not used to, having God be our director, I think we're still little babies in the whole idea. We're learning. Absolutely. Dennis. It's well, it's a scary thing. It's, it's almost like, uh, it's, I think it's next level spirituality when you trust God that much, you know, in any time, um, I think you talked about it a little bit, a little bit today, but in the past, James too, like, 
how are you not supposed to be frustrated if you go into work and you say, like, especially when you were starting your new second job and you're like, you know, I can't work these hours. And then when the schedule comes out each week and it's, then you have to go back in again and be like, I told you I can't do this, you know? And it's like, uh, it's, it's trust, trusting God that, uh, okay, well, I like, what am I supposed to get out of this? What the frustrating conversations that you have to keep having with the person that sets the schedule. And, um, there are a lot of those things that come up where you have to give over that. Um, I had a friend of mine say to me, uh, oh yeah, this person I haven't talked to in a while reached out to me. Like we didn't end on like, the best of terms it wasn't the worst but it's like i don't do i have to like reach out and it's like maybe maybe there's something that you're supposed to learn from that conversation so anytime that anybody approaches me with anything i i try my best to um to call up there was uh at my work a listener that called the front desk and said that their daughter died recently and that they were suicidal and they asked for me. Uh, and the front desk couldn't get a hold of me, but took down the person's number. I called them and left a voicemail and they haven't got back to me. But th- this is like, I mean, th- my job is not usually uh, suicide prevention, that is not the career that I'm in. But, um, maybe and that was just what that was four days ago that was that was well five days i guess friday and um i imagine there there had to be some meaning behind that right um yeah but when when stuff like that happens uh, yeah who who in their right mind wants to actually call somebody (laughs) like who who wants to do that if somebody that you don't even know you know but that's what the program has taught me that like hey they might get to you anyway you know people if people need help people in the rooms or outside of the rooms or whatever and i don't talk about uh recovery in my job so why was this person drawn to me and it's like well it's probably because the message was there you know and from turning uh the majority, everything that I possibly can turn over, I do. Um, and that wasn't the case before. My life was very dramatic. Uh, I loved the drama. I loved the gossip. And I would take the smallest thing and just stir it up. And I used to be ashamed to say that. But it, it's just, I, uh, I'm not going to be ashamed of the things that happened in the past. Because it, it happened as part of my story. Um but when I came into the program and I, I stopped doing that, um, it was the first six months. It took, took me the first six months to really recognize that that was a problem. And I focused hard on it um, to get rid of that. Uh, but it was a struggle because that was just my old, uh, old way that I had to do it. But life became a lot more relaxed. There's a meme going around of two semi trucks that slammed into each other and they're on the opposite side of like the road all turned over 
and it's a and then there's a like a car like a sports car that drives in between them that like the wreckage and it says when you know when there's drama around you but you're not you know uh engaging in the drama because it's not yours and that's the way i try to live my life now where i try to help if i can if it looks like i can't i get the heck out of there and i don't get involved with it um but it's it's definitely the gossip isn't a tough thing anymore sometimes i'll gossip if there's there's good things you know like i'll be like hey you hear this person got a promotion and dennis i think you said that's not gossip right yeah I think by definition, it's not. But like, isn't like the tabloid magazines, they're full of gossip. If somebody's pregnant with with a baby, they're in there. And then that good news. Yeah, but those are gossip tabloids. Most of them are <laughs> lying anyway. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're allowed to lie in a newspaper. If it's That's true. true. If it's no, they are. They're literally true. like. There's news organizations that have gone to court and fought for the right to lie in one, oh, and one particular is... news station, which we all know and and don't love. <laughs> yeah, I do love WFTV actually. They're, <laughs> they're part of my my company at work. Um, okay, well, and the the last I guess note on that is the uh, the latest freedom that I wanted to share is free about i i guess more often than not right now i feel like i love that i don't care about what other people think about me um and it was a, it was a tough time i would say the last couple of years in particular were really challenging uh with social media and anything else and anytime somebody said something i, f- I feel a heck of a lot better uh today about myself and where I am in life. And I feel like I am enough. Uh, so that's the latest freedom that I have with letting God actually direct it and write it and know that I'm just, just acting in this thing. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add in? I, I liked what you said that you said you are enough. And one of my themes um, is that God is enough. And, you know, being content in every circumstance, you know, no matter what the day throws at you, just being content in that circumstance and knowing that God is enough. I think those two things help me, um, even though my mind fluctuates. And it's every think when you think about it, it's all in your mind. If you can really focus on the good and being content and everything that you're grateful for it's it's really a true a true amount of freedom that is unparalleled so thanks for bringing that up mike nice thanks james dennis thanks for your share you're welcome it was great i hope you guys have a uh, a great week we the defective character is going to be back next thursday sharing our experience strength and hope with you with episode 138 Again, with effective characters entirely right to have all these character defects removed. Remember, we are only the actors in this play called Life. And we'll see you next time. Woo-hoo!